Would you reach out your hands towards this man and receive him? Lenny's been part of the House of Prayer for almost 20 years. Um, in addition to a children's equipping center, the, the VP director of, of ministries and justice at, at the House of Prayer. He is a father of the faith. He's got five kids of his own, been married for multiple decades. I won't give your age away in that one. But, but he has a word for us this morning. And so, Father, would you just lay your hands on this man as we stretch out our hands to receive his gift? Uh, I'm reminded, as, as we always are, as we receive the gifts of, of Jesus. We get, we get gifts from the Holy Spirit, we get gifts from the Father, and we get gifts from Jesus. And in Ephesians 4, it says, Jesus gave to the church the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. And whenever we receive a gift of Jesus to the body to equip us and to strengthen us and to encourage us, uh, we are receiving from Jesus. So we thank you, Jesus, for what you have put on this man's life, what we are going to receive from him. Thank you for what he's deposited in our community amongst our kids already. And as I was praying for you this morning, Lenny, I just feel like uh, to tell you on behalf of this body that you have a word for us. <laughs> and don't hold back. <laughs> in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, why w how do you follow that? you got a word for you. <laughs> I wake up some mornings, most mornings, I don't have a word for anybody. <laughs> no, but I really, really want you to know something. I, the, those that are going to have that testimony at the end, you're going to share it because I'm not going to go long. Uh, I'm going to be very pointed, but your testimony is important. And I'm the reason that the service got hijacked. And I just found, out, found that out 24 hours ago. So this was my main priority and is my priority in coming here. And I'll do whatever the... Lord leads me to do at the next place, and then off to LAX and back to a bunch of children who are praying night and day, learning about prayer. I want to just say what I did get in my heart is that even more so in the days ahead, heaven is going to open up over this place, and there's a very, very special assignment on this body. And I know some of you are going, <laughs> we got that, we get that. But I, I want to tell you what it is after 37 years of plowing with generations, trying to get them and their leaders and their parents to understand that children can be equipped and walk in the things of God. Amen. I want to say that over this place is spiritual government, over the next generation that will come up and actually launch some things launch like missiles into the body of Christ and into the streets, the goodness of the Lord, the kindness of the Lord. And I believe that we are in an hour where we need to pay attention to these things. And I want to encourage the body here, and I'll just go for it. You said don't hold back. It's uh, not always my style to hold back, but unless my wife is in the room, then i got to get my story straight, you know. <laughs> But, and no secret to my marriage. I've been married a long time. I love my family. God's blessed us, but no secret to my marriage. She stayed. She didn't leave. <laughs> That's it. And for me, somebody came up to me a while ago and, and said, hey, we, we need to know what you know. <laughs> and I go, really? Okay. What does that mean? And we, we want to know how you do this. We want to know that we know that we're doing this right and you have been given this and what have you and we want to want you to spend some time with our team and it came at a time when I was pretty tired 
we're, we're getting ready to do some different things. We just come out of a camp. And it's like after you come out of a camp with a couple hundred children, and even this weekend, you're just like going back to your wherever you stay going, what, what am I doing here, you know, and what have you. But we are building a culture, and I want you to know the spiritual government over this place is to build a culture, not a formula. In meeting your pastor, his wife, and the family, and the family of God here, I really believe you need to take this to the bank. You that come into this place, this is actually the word, you that come into this place and you hear the good things, the mission, values, and priorities of the place, you need to understand that you're, you're, it's way more important for you to understand that you're not just connecting to a value, you're connecting to a culture. And you're connecting to a way forward for a generation so that they would be the generation of the Lord's return. There is a generation of the Lord's return. There is going to be a generation to seize this touchdown on planet Earth by Jesus. We don't know which one. Unlikely I'm going to be, be there seeing it with my own eyes, but my grandchildren, maybe their children, it doesn't matter. But we need to go after every generation with more intensity and more passion and more zeal than ever before. And we need to get the congregation, everybody, all members of the congregation, to understand that it's their house too, but you're a part of it. Whether you have the assignment to go back there and give your life to some toddlers or sit here forever and intercede, it doesn't matter. You are part of this assignment. And the reason our generations are not growing up in the body of Christ, taking on the things of God, is because we made it a specialty. We made it a specialty. And I wrote some things down about you. I asked the Lord this morning, who are they? Why, Lord? What would you say? And I was blessed this weekend, you know, personally and spiritually, to be able to have been invited by the covering of this night and day prayer movement right here and to plant what we call a signs and wonders camp. Now, people come to us and say, why do you call it a signs and wonders camp? We needed a name fast. <laughs> right? I mean, ministry is not rocket science. Like, don't you think that's a little high and lofty? For some parts of the body of Christ, yes. What signs and wonders mean to you? He's a sign and a wonder. And we need to show up and we need to tell him about that. And let God be God and move upon the children and heal their hearts and raise them up, put fire on their hands and fire on their tongues, etc., etc. There's a great compliment in advancing the kingdom that this place has on it as the assignment goes forth to equip a generation. This place here, Frontier Church, I believe in the days ahead will be very instrumental. Behind the scenes, maybe. Maybe alongside of the seams. I don't really know, even know where the seam is. But I really believe you're going to be instrumental in the days ahead. And that there's a spiritual government. Government, not just a program practice. You know, children here are not called the programs. They're called the people. And there's a generation out there that, are, that, that is assigned to this place. And I'm going on record here. I really believe that. I can't say that everywhere. A long time ago, I, I started a ministry to the next generation, <laughs> and I took over a ministry with eight workers and 850 children. I was so excited to get my shot at full-time ministry, 
But they didn't tell me that I was taking over this children's ministry of eight workers and 850 children. And we had to, we had to get rid of six of those eight workers because I didn't even know if they belonged on the planet. I, I didn't even know how in the world did they get there. You know, so we just started and we plowed and we said the same Holy Spirit. Said it right there. The same Holy Spirit that's moving upon the adult congregation will be set free among the children. That's where everything started for me. I was never called to ministry to children. I was never called to a children's ministry. I get to do this because God put an assignment on my life to pass on the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord to a generation and even a generation that's yet to be born. Psalm 78. There's a Psalm 78 on this place like never before. And this is the spiritual government that I really believe you're to pay attention to. Incubate this in prayer. Don't fight it. Just go with it because I'm not here to recruit you. Most people see me coming to the mic at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City and they want to run for cover, man. Just, here he goes again, man. He's going he's gonna to go off. And I'm not here to recruit you and I'm not even here to recruit anybody and I won't even from any pulpit ever recruit anybody. What I'll do is recruit, recruit you to, the, to your heart that God could be touching and saying, hey, maybe me. You know, if you look at Malachi chapter 4, verses 4, 5, and 6, don't have time to go into it because I want to land by praying for you and some of you to receive that spiritual government over the house of God for the next generation. And one guy came up to me. I says, I, I really believe that I'm, I'm to do that a little bit, but I'm not teaching them. I says, there's no, no worries. But you can't go to your knees for them, right? And it's amazing to me, Malachi, chapter 4. It's amazing to me. The last three verses in the Old Testament and thousands of years before the New Testament that we get tipped off prior to the coming of Jesus that there's going to be a visitation by Elijah. It's crazy. Who would have thunk it would end this way? From the Father's heart, the tender Father's heart says, I will come through the prophet of the spirit of Elijah, and I will in these days ahead, the great day and the dreadful day, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. And that's the assignment that's on your life. In this place, I was praying today and worshiping with you, and I just, I saw... As one of your pillars that is now going deeper. I think it's always been here in the hearts of this family. But one of the pillars. This is a dangerous woman right here, by the way. She's got a serious, like, she is seeing something that needs to be done. Yeah, I really think about it a little bit. You know, especially for children. But I want to tell you, there's a pillar I think God is driving down deeper in this place. Malachi 4, 6 pillar because a lot of people look at the Malachi 4, uh, 4 6 passage and they just, oh, oh, how cute, right? Oh, how cute, man. He's going to, oh, man, you get this touchy-feely thing. We've got to love our kids. Oh, he's going to turn the fathers to our children, children to our fathers. And I believe with all my heart, Jesus reveals what the father's love is. 
And I believe Malachi 4.6 is the responsibility of the entire congregation. I'll ask my, my friend, my pastor friend here, to unpack this later on because we don't have time to unpack it. But it's phenomenal how this chapter, this verse, ends the great storyline prior to the New Testament coming our way. That there would be a turn of the hearts to the children, children to the fathers. And we're not talking about just natural fathers here. We're talking about spiritual fathers and mothers. And I believe what's here today as an exhortation to you is that God is raising up spiritual mothers and fathers in this place. And I believe you've heard that and you've got pieces of that. But I want you to hear it today in the context in this very room that God is driving down deep that pillar of Malachi 4.6. Malachi 4.6 is now going to become more of a pillar. And you've got several pillars here. I get that. But it's going to be more than a pill. It's going to be like a pillar that God is going to drive deep into the ground so that we would wrap our hands around it, right? That's what you do around pillars. You get in trouble, you go to the pillar. you got a great mission here. And you know what? Mission governs your life. It does. The mission of this church governs the life of the church. The spiritual life, whatever. Values are great here. And values govern the heart. And there's great heart here. I'd, I'd go here if I lived here. The passion and zeal that I see from the leadership team and just the 14 minutes that I had with them touched me. And priorities, you know what they are because the church has priorities, right? Priorities do what? Govern your time. Mission governs your life. Values govern your heart. And priorities govern your time, right? Where are we going to spend our time? And I really believe that we're living in an hour where we are truly embarking on the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Seasons are shifting. And we need to raise up our children. And there will be a, a generation of children raised up in this very place that will recognize the counterfeit that's coming to planet Earth. Some of this counterfeit is already here. It's already operating. And you will be a generation and a church body that will raise up a level of discernment in such a way that it will truly allow children to recognize the counterfeit. That's what we're doing. Because there will be a day that children, there will be some children that will have to stand and go, you know, you know, spirit of the Antichrist, the Antichrist really coming, and, you know, this is not an end time message, but sort of, you know, because we're all part of how the story ends. We've got to start thinking about that. But they're going to be a generation that's going to say, you know, that looks like the Lord there. Feeding the poor, good deeds. Ooh, they're even caring for each other, you know. Things. And then they're going to see it over here. There's going to be another group that's going to go, man, yeah, same thing. Same thing. What is, what, are they, what's, what is it really going to be that allows them to choose the right course? Because there is a counterfeit coming that will entice them, take them off, and want to get them separated from our Lord Jesus. There is that, that effort is coming to planet Earth, to Earth if it's not here already. Amen? And so we're going to have that generation that goes, mm, you know what, i good, but this is it right here. Because they would have experienced being allowed to go to this very little cement square 
at a very young age or go to a camp or go into your home and watch you do what I do hundred times over. Hey, look, you guys, you got to forgive me. You know, I love it. Well, I got my three daughters together, three Italian girls. You, you ought to try that sometime. I mean, when you're born Italian, you're like, you don't have to be dysfunctional. You're born dysfunctional. <laughs> I kid you not. I took my three girls because they were starting to say to me, my son, he's kind of different, but he's because he's, he's, he's logical. He's like the lawyer of the house. Dad, it's impossible what you just said. It can't actually ever happen that way. You know, that's my son. But my daughters started seeing me start doing various things with their, their kids, like not discipline them, <laughs> like give them whatever they want, like sneak a little piece or a portion of my ice cream to them or whatever. And, and, and they're going, Dad, listen to me. Listen to me. I go, okay, I'm listening. You're wrecking me as a parent. You're, what? You wrecked me as a parent. Oh, what's, the, what's the difference? I, and I love telling my parents and, and, and my, my children, but I want to say this to you with all of my heart because I got this today. What I did get outside of this place when I was praying for this morning was Hebrews 12 where it says, Our fathers have disciplined us for a short time as they thought best. How much more will the fathers of our, father of our spirit bring forth discipline correction for our own profit? We need to not see discipline as negative. We need to see discipline as discipleship. As discipleship. That's what it's birthed out of. And so I told my parents, I mean, told my girls, I says, you're going to have to understand something. Oh, what are you doing, Dad? I'm getting the Bible. You're going to read to us? Yeah. I'm going to say to to you that your father here disciplined all three of you and Leonardo, your brother, and Sean, who came to be with us at age four. For a short time as he thought best, but how much more? And I, sub, I ask you to subject yourself unto the Lord's discipline and, and, and know that I am not perfect. I was not a perfect parent. But I want to look you guys right in the eye, and I want to tell you something with all my heart. I am a perfect grandfather. <laughs> this guy can do no wrong. So I will honor you. I will honor you. I will not take from your discipline. Like you did me. <laughs> but you have to let me off the hook. And that's what I believe is going to be here. I believe in this place, it's going to be a place to where all of you are going to go, you know what? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stop looking back. And I'm going to go forward. Now, I want to move into what does it take? What is ministry? So this, this group came to me and asked me, to give them whatever I know. And all they really wanted was the formula. Don't be a, a, a group of people that just wants the formula. Go after molding a culture around the things of God. Amen. And if that's going to be you and you are in there and amening this like I do, you, you're going to need to walk in forgiveness. And you're going to need to let the past go. Especially your past experience in church.
and in church life. There's going to be a point in time, I feel, in the body of Christ, I hope it's in our church soon, where people won't say, man, where I was at was really hard prior coming to this church, and I just appreciate this church for the way it's allowing me or whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. I really pray that we would have on our hearts Psalm 78, that what our fathers have told us and what we've heard from of old, we will not hide these things from our children. I really want to ask you to go after today in the short time that I have the heart of God that says, you know what, I'm here because the team, the leadership, the spiritual government of this place, the pillars, the values, the priorities, whatever, I, I'm here because they, us, we don't want to hide these things from our children. Psalm 78, we're not to hide the things of God from our children. They can prophesy, they can heal the sick, they can hear God, they can dream dreams. Malachi 4 said there's even going to be a turning of the hearts. As the spiritual fathers and mothers and natural fathers and mothers tenderize their heart unto the Father's love, the children are going to see that and they're going to be more apt to turn. And that's why we're having a real hard time in the body of Christ, why children's ministry is the number one understaffed ministry in the church. That's why we still see children cute, not dangerous. These children from this church that were at this camp, they're not just cute. They are pretty cute. I'm not calling your child not cute. Your child's cute. Go on record. It's on tape. If you ever question that, it's on tape. Your children are cute. But they're more than cute. They're dangerous. Because we are releasing what is already theirs. When Jesus allowed the children to come to him, he did not hinder them. And he called them forth and he said, get the obstacles out of the way. Let them come for theirs is the kingdom, right? All we're going to do, families and parents and, and church leaders, is we're going to call out what is already theirs. The problem is we are so blindsided sometimes we don't even know, even in our own lives. And that's why I love this. And Jesus said, oh, yeah, one last thing. He hijacks the meeting, right? He was meeting with these people, these leaders, on the night of the day of, the day of atonement when it was a custom for the elders to lay hands on the children. And he hijacks the meeting because the children started coming to them. The mommies, mamas and papas were bringing their infants to Jesus that he might bless them. And the disciples saw this and they did what? Rebuked them. You know? And then at the end... After he says, no, don't hinder them. Let them come. What's the obstacle that he got out of the child's life at that particular point in time? Was it MTV? Was it media? What was the obstacle? It was the church. Think about it. Number one obstacle in a, chi in a child's life, man, is not necessarily what's out there because we know who died on the cross shed his blood for that and left the tomb, right? Number one obstacle in a child's life many times is the church. It's the church. And what this church is going to do under spiritual government is going to remove the obstacles. doesn't let your, mean your children come, go crazy, whatever. I mean, God will give you wisdom. 
And I just want you to know, as you go forward and understand ministry for me, what I told those people was this. Get a pen and paper out. Get your pen and paper out. I'm going to give you all I know about ministry to the next generation. They were so excited. You would have thought. I should have took an offering, actually. They were, they were so stinking and excited. I should have took an offering. I'm a missionary. It's hard. <laughs> you should have took an offering to these people. But I said, here you go. Write this down. We showed up. And they're going, and? and no, no. No. We showed up. We just showed up. All right, down number two. There's no more to number one? No. No, there's really not. So did you have a dream, a geographical understanding of the anointing that flew out of somewhere? Did an eagle fly by your house or your garage? or your, No. We showed up. How did you know to go to that park and reach those kids in that park? We went there by accident. It was a stupid choice. We had no idea it was the dividing line between the Crips and the Bloods. We had no idea. It was stupid. Really? Yeah, and God used it. He used it so much that they called, the Crips and the Bloods called a truce on Saturday from 10 to 12. They could not shoot anybody, fight anybody, or do any violence from 10 to 12. 12.02? Your butt better have been out of there. Because all hell was breaking loose with these two gangs. But from 10 to 12. So we just went. We took a chance. If we would have known that's where this was, we wouldn't have done it. If you had all of what you need to th think you need to have before you make a decision for Christ, would you do it sometimes? No, you just stumble into it and you go into it. It's not an accident that you're here. You fell into a place of grace that's going to plant a Malachi 4-6 pillar so deep for the family. The children will grow up and be equipped and take to the streets and take to the churches and take to their schools and their neighborhoods the things of God. Because we had removed the obstacles and we let them come. We give them what is already theirs and we go forth. Number two, I told them, was this, real simple, we came back. When you came back, did you have a feeling that this is what you were supposed to do. No, most weeks we want to quit. Most weeks we're tired. But we just came back. And if you really like one and two, and you're going to do this and commit to this for your city, for your neighborhood, you'll really love number three. What's that, pastor? We kept coming. Look, you're going to bring a generation way more advanced and further advancing the kingdom of God by your ability to keep coming back. Don't move. Don't budge. Don't retreat. God's on this place. We stand at a critical juncture of our nation's history. The Holy Spirit is visiting his people with power as the darkness increases. The light is getting lighter as the darkness is becoming darker. We look at Isaiah 60, verse 2. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and keep darkness from the people. 
Deep darkness is coming to the people, but the Lord will arise over you. His glory will be seen. We do believe the greatest revival and crisis in history is soon to come. We look to God in confidence that he will pour out his spirit and empower his people to bring the gospel to all nations. Joel, it shall come to pass in the last days, God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. This is how it ends. It ends with our children. (laughs) This is crazy. All that we read and everything in the end times and revelation and everything that comes down, it ends with our children receiving this outpouring that our sons and daughters will prophesy. Just a few more things before we pray. God is going to use through this place, and I wrote it down during worship, that he's going to mobilize a Malachi 4-6 strategy. You're not only going to be part of what the teaching is, you're not only going to believe the teachings, but you're going to be part of a strategy. That's what I'm about. We could, Malachi 4-6 is not just like going up to the hill, singing love songs to Jesus, and wait for his return. There's actually things that need to be done. And if you have been touched by the Father's heart, you qualify to be a spiritual mother or a father for a young person. And I would much rather you volunteer at camp, volunteer for, we call it a children's equipping center. We don't call it a children's ministry, and I'm not against that. It's just that children's ministry is really a program, and programs get monitored, and they get voted on, (laughs) you know. But an equipping center kind of levels the playing field, right, And, and raises them up. I think that this place, honestly, is a children's equipping center. I think this is a place that's going to cultivate the desire to equip a generation to go alongside of them. All my job is, is to keep up with Mike Bickle. To be where he's at. To complement that corporate mission. To take the corporate mission of night and day prayer and what that man stands for. With the assignment that God gave me, which is way more important than Mike Bickle in my life. But it's to go alongside of that and not let that corporate mandate ever get polluted, not let that corporate mandate ever get away from our children. And that's where it's at today in the body of Christ. And so I'm going to pray for us in a minute, but I want to I I ask you to go after these four questions today. It was a little bit hard to prepare for you. It, it really was. I mean, it, it took some time to, to pray. And I'm not saying that because I want to be real spiritual. I'm not. Honest to God, if I have a dream overnight, it's, it's usually because I wasn't paying attention during the day. It's not real spiritual. But I was praying. I was digging. And the Lord just began to tell, tell me that he wanted this place to answer these four questions that are in the body of Christ today through my heart. In light of the hour that is here, in light of the hour that is coming, we need to pursue, in light of the hour that is here, in light of the hour that is coming, we need to pursue how now shall we lead, what now shall we teach, how now shall we parent, and what song shall they sing. I believe on this place this leadership team and what this place is going to move forward in in the future.
is going to be known by a people with the ability to forgive each other, number one. Number one. Number two, I believe your DNA is going to surround leadership, content, family, and worship. Those are four pillars that we need to go after with all of our heart. In light of the hour that we are in, in light of the hour that is coming, how now shall we lead? What now shall we teach? How now shall we parent? What song shall they sing? Malachi 4, 6, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. I pray that this place, this spiritual family, in the short time that I had with it, I believe I'll be back next year. We're going to do this camp again. I made a five-year commitment. Uh, you know, I don't care how old that puts me. I'm not that old. I'm, young, I'm a young guy still. It wasn't my fault that I aged. I had nothing to do with it. it just does. But my heart is still alive, and I'm committed. I told Sheriff, if we do this again, we've got to do it five years, minimum. And then in that fifth year, we've got to find that team, that transitional team that's going to take that thing on for another decade. Every Signs of Wonders camp we do, we're committed to 10 years plus with them. And I see that here, and I see that this church will be instrumental in this. And some of what you're doing with your, your tabernacle school, I don't have the right names and everything, but I, I pay attention. And some of the things you're doing with your DNA, I really believe it's for the purpose of building a pillar of Malachi 4-6 strategies. 4-6 strategies in the days ahead. Now, I'd just like you to stand for a minute. I'm going to pray for us, and if the team wants to come back, feel free to do so. I just want you to put your hands out like you'd receive a gift. A little discombobulated today. I have to go with the iPad and a notebook. I gave my Bible to Ezra. <laughs> so I had some really strong notes in there for you guys. I want to go after Luke 18. I think you're going to live out the whole chapter. You're going to live out the widow, not giving up. The mercy and kindness to the tax collector in the temple and the love of Jesus and the heart of the Father to the next generation. I want to pray this over you. They were also bringing infants to him that he might bless them. Blessing is calling forth what is not to be. It's humbling yourself. I believe in a spirit of, a spirit of prophecy, not performance, not program over this place. A prophetic generation would grow up knowing him loving him and hearing his voice forever. And when they were also bringing infants to Jesus that he might bless them, I want you to know that I believe with all my heart, it's not in there, but I believe the older children already knew he was there. And they were around. They sniffed him out. They sniffed it out. They had to have. You know why? 
Because it said the kingdom is theirs. So if the kingdom is theirs, I mean, it's hard to tell parents, man, your child, bro, your child, your little girl's precious, but let me just let me use you for an example. Bro, your child was so blessed by God. And I mean, I, I went to my deal. I got a, I got a, a, a word of knowledge from a six-year-old yesterday. Amazing. I'm telling that parent it's amazing. And they're looking at you like, just yesterday... He cut open his sister's teddy bear and th- caught it on fire. And you're telling, yes, I am. Yes, I'm telling you, your children. And I, I couldn't believe you're here because I had a word of knowledge from Malachi. Your, your boy's Malachi. Yeah. That's a, that was a sign for me yesterday. My arm's shivering right now. That was a sign from me yesterday to say that I believed in this place there would be a, you know, a pillar going deep. <laughs> it doesn't have to be because of your kid, man, you know. You let your kid be a kid, but your child carries a symbol of what I believe the Lord wants to do in bringing a stronger effort in Malachi 4.6. So Jesus said... When the disciples rebuked them, you have to understand something. This actually took place in context on the night of the Day of Atonement where it was a custom for the elders to lay hands on the kids. Jesus could have dismissed it, man. He could have dismissed it and said, yeah, yeah, you know, oh, these guys are good. These little children, I love it. They're going to be prayed for by the elders. No. No, he had one shot, one shot at showing the church what it ought to look like. And it was with the children. He didn't call on a craft. He didn't call on a snack. I'll never forget it, man. Standing in front of 18 kids at the house of prayer, trying to figure out how I'm going to keep up with Mike Bickle. This machine. And the Lord says, build him a ministry team. Because he was asking for anyone who prayed at least once in their life to come forward and help them pray at the altar. I'm going, that's not good. So we trained these 18 children. I looked at them. I said, boys and girls, you're going you're gonna to find this really hard to receive when I say this to you, but God's not a vegetable and Elijah is not a piece of broccoli, meaning vegetables. They're of God. I know these guys. They're of God. But curriculum... It's to be walked out with the kingdom of God. I brought her over here after I heard her say, we don't, we're having like a little stricter curriculum. It's not as strict. No, listen, I had to correct it. Curriculum comes from a Latin term, course of ground. It's not even the materials. It's the course of ground. And what was Jesus doing? He was laying the curriculum. And he had one shot at showing the church what it ought to look like. And he didn't waste it on a craft. He didn't waste it on a puppet. All those things I believe in. Man, I serve Mike Bickle. He can speak for two and a half hours. We need fillers. We need movies. But when you're ready to train an army, you got to put the movies aside. You ever heard of a man named Alan Hood? Alan Hood had a son, has a son. And they were in my little children's equipping center when they were really little. And when I told them that we were going to become a ministry team, he took his army guys that he brought with him every Friday night, and he got one of them, and he pretended that they had a rifle, and he shot me. He shot me with a fake rifle. 
all because we're going to bring these children. We had to train them. We had to give them a culture. We had to get them there. I knew once we could get in at this camp and do this, we are going to tap into what is already theirs, and the rest is history. You show up, you keep coming, or you show up, you come back, and you keep coming. For theirs is the kingdom. So here's what I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray the same prayer that I prayed over me because of my trust in this uh, body. I prayed when I got the job of eight teachers and 850 children. The Lord directed me to Luke 18, showed me, revealed to me what was really taking place in this portion of the word. And then he said, pray for the emotions that Jesus had when he let them come. I'm going to pray for this spiritual family today. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to pray that this spiritual family today goes before the Father right now. Prior to the testimonies of Jesus that you're going to hear, which are the most important part of the message today because of what God's doing in these lives. But I'm going to pray before that that you would be like Jesus when he let the children come to him. What did he see? What did he know? What did he feel? Father, I ask today with my friends for the very emotions that Jesus had when he let them come, when he bypassed the church, when he hijacked the meeting. What did he feel? We want that here. We want that here. I pray you do that corporately with the mission, God, the spiritual government of the church, the leaders, the, the members, God, here, that we would have the very emotions that Jesus had when he let the children come to him. And we would ask the question, who are the children that he saw? What did he know that we didn't know? What are you doing in little Ezra, God? What are you doing in Malachi and all these children that are here? What are you doing? We want to know, God. But we want your emotions. We want to feel what you feel for them. So I pray, God, as we close today, just with a song before we transition, God, we would, we would have that knowledge from you, Lord Jesus.